presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me I have co-host Jack Vandemotter. I've missed you guys. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, we're glad to be back and recording. It'll be a lot of fun. So we have a lot to cover since we really haven't recorded in a while. So, Jack, let's start with the Browns. All right, let's do it. Okay, so um, I think the number one priority that we're all wondering is Freddie Kitchens. Um, and I just want to ask you really quick, if if he proceeds to win out, including a win over the Ravens, which would be enormous, is he back next year? My personal opinion is I would not want to bring Freddie back for multiple reasons. I think the biggest thing is just his lack of knowing how to coach. He hasn't been in this sort of position like at all. He was a running back coach and an offensive coordinator for half a season. He hasn't been a head coach before, and I just really think his lack of knowledge of being a head coach has really hurt this team, and I don't think that's something that develops in the time frame that we're kind of giving this team. So I don't really think you could keep a guy like Freddie, even if he wins out. Okay, so the counter-argument to that would be if you want, if you're gonna fire Freddie Kitchens, and I'm not saying I disagree with keep or like I I agree I, I want to you fire want Freddie, Freddie out, Kitchens, but if if you're gonna sign if you fire Freddie Kitchens, you 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 should sign a Ron Rivera, a Mike McCarthy, a guy that's done it before. Otherwise, a lot of people would argue you're just gonna be right back in the same position. You're doing the same exact okay, thing. Okay, and even if you get a Lincoln Riley, which I agree would be fantastic. To think that he's just going to come in and have no issues transitioning to the NFL is just naive and ignorant. And as much as I want to think that can happen, there's going to be a growing curve like with anything. Yeah, so let's talk about I We talked about that a couple days ago. There's some really good options of coaches who are experienced but who are in college right now. Two main ones are Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma and Matt Rule from Baylor. Rule had a great year with Baylor and really turned that program around because they were like really biting the dust after all those allegations with their old coach. But the thing is, it, like yes, they've been head coaches before. Yes, they know how to command a team, but they're still college coaches. They haven't coached in the NFL. So there is going to be a little bit of a learning curve for them. It might not be as big of a learning curve as Freddie, but I don't think either of them would just be able to come right in and lead a successful NFL team. I, I agree with that statement, although... I'll say this. Would taking that risk to bring in a college guy be worth it? Even if, even if you, I say, if, if I guaranteed you, if I guaranteed you that it would take a year for those guys to transition, would you, would you fire Freddie and still hire those guys? Uh, if it, I, mean, I mean, if it only took a year, then definitely I would because that's getting into the time where we start extending guys like Miles Garrett and Baker. So, yeah, I would hire them especially a Lincoln Riley, it just makes more sense with him because he has worked with Baker in the past and you saw what he was able to do with Baker in Oklahoma. But, I mean, you have to be willing to take that risk and know, okay, maybe next season is going to be a failure again and we're not living up to this hype that we all branded it to be like. So, okay, so we have a bunch of person. My, I, I actually am a little bit closer. I, I don't know what I would say because we all know what's happening with Odell. There's all this media hype and BS, it's crazy. If we have another failure next season, Odell's, like, I want to say Odell's going to be here, and I'm assuming Odell's going to be here next season. Let's say he is. I'm, I want to say Odell would continue, but I don't know if he would. If we have another failure next season, despite who we bring in, he might be gone. This team might start to lose hope. Who knows? I mean, Jarvis is a great dude, but he might start to lose hope. These dudes are superstars. They don't want to be in Cleveland if, we're not, if they're not winning. Okay, well, first of all, he was in New York, so they weren't winning either. But fair, the, the, but he got pissed off and created a monster. There's two things. 
first, you can't just like go out and give up a talent like Odell Beckham Jr. because you don't get those guys every day. You don't get them no, every no. five years, ten years, fifteen years if you're lucky. The thing is, like first of all, you don't want those guys creating that negative energy in your locker room in the first place. Right, you right. don't want guys like that. And if there's a guy that just continually questions jumping ship, do you really want that guy in your locker room in the first place? If he's creating all that drama and everything, is he really, really that worth it to have with your team, especially if he's going to have these me- mediocre results like he's having this year? I mean, that's – all right. So my response to that is it's impossible to say because we're not in the locker room knowing what's really going on. I mean, for all we know, Odell's a great teammate, and, it, and the, all this media is portraying him as a monster, right? And Is he really that is monster? He really, is he really – is he the problem with the organization? Is him saying, oh, I want out of here – the reason is that really going to say if we get him out of here, is that really going to save the Browns? I don't think so. The second thing is, I totally agree. We're not going to just give up Odell. Um, but uh, uh, I question: mean, If we did give up Odell, what do you think we could get right now? I think a winning team with a good culture would trade a lot for him because I. Do you think we could get a first round pick back? Oh, I would trade him for nothing less than at least a first round pick. What if he's making a whole fuss and nobody's offering at the time and they know that? Then we keep – well, okay, here's the thing. Like, I – we traded Odell a year ago – or we for Odell for a year ago for a first-round pick, Jabril Peppers, who is, was a solid talent – who was a solid rising talent for us, and and later picks that are somewhat irrelevant. But I don't – I have a hard time believing that a San Francisco 49ers, a, a Seahawks, a Patriots are not going to trade a first-round pick. First of all – their picks are going to be later anyway. They're not getting a guy as good as Odell. And second of all, these guys have a culture. They're going to win. They know that they they can avoid all this drama. I think that they would be willing to trade at least a first. And then if not, then the Browns have to stick with him because there's no way I'm getting rid of Odell for less than a first. That makes sense. I mean, you couldn't like settle for anything less than a first. No. So Odell is a big personality. Baker is a huge personality. Then you guys ha- like have guys like Jarvis, and now even Miles Garrett, who we thought was quiet, but can pull stunts like that. Even though I do trust Miles, who do you think we could bring in that could like control all this? You mentioned McCarthy and Rivera before, and then we also mentioned Lincoln and Rule. But there's also other options out there. Yeah. So there are there are other uh, other options out there. Kevin Stefanski, who's the Vikings' offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael Jr., who is the Saints' offensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels, we all know, with his time in New England under Bill Belichick, would be an interesting option. Personally, I'm not a fan of and Michael then, McCarthy. I mean, we also can't forget that there is the option to bring Freddie back, too. Right, Freddie back. Okay, sure. I'm up, I'm kind of operating under the sense that if we don't, if we get move on from Freddie. But for me, I think Ron Rivera would be an interesting hire. hire because for two reasons. First of all, he knows how to create a good culture. Like, we all saw when he got fired from the Panthers. It was like one of the most respectful firings you could possibly have. It was like all all his, the teammates and the players love him. And you saw when the Panthers a couple years ago went 15 and 1, I think it was, or when they made the Super Bowl. Yeah, they were 15 cul- and 1. That was because of, like a big part of that was their culture. They were having so much fun playing so well together as a as a unit. And I think if we can get that with the Browns, if we could get the Browns to realize their potential and play up to their potential, there's no reason that we couldn't be having a season like the Ravens or like the Niners right now. Like, I think so. The that's, talents there. There's right, no question the talents about there. That. We need the leadership. 
Mike McCarthy, I don't think is that guy. Like, I don't, I don't think players like playing for Mike McCarthy. He got fired in Green Bay because he was not a good coach. So what makes you think? I mean, he has Aaron Rodgers, a generational talent. What makes you think he can turn the Browns around? The thing is, like, he just has the resume. It's there. He, they were a continual playoff team every year. And the thing is that he has over Rivera is the ring. He led that team to a Super Bowl. Okay, sure, but, I mean, there's I, I've always stated the argument. I've, I've never looked at rings, whether it was NBA, NFL, whatever it is, and been like, okay, like, this means you're better than someone else. Like, there's so much that goes into a ring. Your opponent that year, your team, who you have, the way things just go and happen. Like, so for me... Yes, Mike McCarthy led the team to a Super Bowl and won it, but the last few years, the Packers weren't making the playoffs. They were, I mean, they were struggling with a pretty, I mean, they didn't have the best team by any means. Their defense was garbage, but when you have a player like Aaron Rodgers, I don't care who you have, you got to win some games. You can't go 4-12. and 12. That That's definitely true. I'm, I'm reading a quote right now that, I mean, it's Bill Belichick saying that McCarthy is one of the best coaches I've ever gone up against. No, when was that quote said? How long ago? That was in 2015. Plus, Bill Belichick does, like, really talk high about a lot of people, okay. just because he's, like, that sort of guy. But So you can't take it that much. But I really think Mike McCarthy wouldn't be a bad option. I know you're opposed to that, Jack, but I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him in and just letting him see what he could do. But that's not the case. We want someone that can come in and win right now. Right, okay. So anyway, let's move on. College coaches... Um, these are a little bit flashier. Like, they would be a little bit more of, like, big risk, big reward, I feel like. But um, Riley and Riley's Rule. the biggest name, I think. Rule, Rule, we both agree on, would be a great coach. But I think the people, the, the coach that everyone is looking at right now, whether it's the Browns or the Cowboys who, or the Panthers, whoever needs a coach, is looking at Lincoln Riley um, and what he's done for the Oklahoma Sooners. So I think, obviously, it's a risk if you're just bringing in college coach. These guys both have high praise. I know the Cowboys are really looking at both of them, at both Riley and Rule. Which and, scares and, me. Yeah, which scares you because both of those guys probably would want to go work in Dallas over Cleveland. <laughs> exactly, not to mention the fact that, you know, Texas, it's much closer to Oklahoma than Ohio is. But uh, and, and Baylor's in Texas, so that also helps. Right, right. The thing is, though, I, I really don't want to take that risk Unless you're getting Lincoln Riley. I know Matt Rule's a great coach, but like just the fact that Lincoln has worked with Baker before and that it's been very successful, that's like really the only reason why I would take it. But the thing is, too, it would be so hard to pull those guys away from their respective schools right. just because they've had such great seasons there. Lincoln Riley's been, what, in the playoffs the past two or three years? Right, and they I just, think, yeah, this year. Rule had an awesome year this year. So what would it even take to pull those guys away, Jack? I think the, the Browns' only hope is that we have Baker Mayfield. I think that's the only – if we didn't have Baker, there's no way Lincoln Riley's coming in. Well, would there be – I don't know how much interest there would be in Lincoln Riley in the first place. Right. I mean, you never know. I We're just speculating here, but I just feel like I, – I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see – if, if I'm being completely honest, I don't see Lincoln Riley or Matt Rule leaving at this point right now. Maybe for the Cowboys. Maybe for the Cowboys because they're the Cowboys. But, but either way, if I mean, I think we can agree. If if Lincoln Riley was on the table, it'd be hard to pass that. Up. Yeah, I would not be upset with it. So let's look at actual NFL options. So OCs. So Kevin Stefanski, 
Pete Carmichael Jr. and Josh McDaniels. Stefanski is definitely someone I would love to see the Browns hire. I know we kind of did him dirty last year by saying we were going to interview him and then not having him come in for an interview. So there could be that there with him just like not wanting to be associated with us anymore. But, but who knows how hard he took that. I mean, yeah. the thing was, I think He's got to understand it's a business, too. Right, and the Browns, all I think they knew all along who they wanted to hire, but they kind of were, you know, Freddie Kitchens you wanted to... You have to look at right, outside you options. You can't just immediately that. hire someone. Um, and then someone like Pete Carmichael Jr., he's the Saints offensive coordinator. He's the longest-tenured OC in the NFL right now. I would really, really love to see the Browns bring in someone like that for a couple of reasons. First of all, Baker Mayfield and Drew Brees have been compared a lot. Am I wrong? No, I mean, they're probably the... Like, when you look at that, it's They're Baker very similar, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you've seen what uh, Carmichael has done with Brees, and right. you could argue, okay, well, maybe Brees has these great weapons and a great offense. Well, the offense is because of Carmichael, and the Browns also have some great weapons like Chubb, Baker, And Adele, I think so it's kind of interesting yeah. because Kamara and Ingram, they had those insane years, Chubb and Hunt. If we bring back Hunt next year, that's, like, very similar. I mean, you've seen what he's done with Latavius Murray and Kamara. Right, right. So it, it's not that different. So I would love to see Carmichael. The one person that I really would not like to see is Josh McDaniels. I, I totally agree. I think he's a bust candidate waiting to happen. I mean, he does have a great offense. I mean, he does lead, lead a great offense. But they haven't I mean, been that hot this year. Right, I'm going to say. Uh, but like in the past, I mean, he always pulls it together for the playoffs. But is that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick <laughs> yeah, or is uh-huh. that Josh McDaniels? Plus... You saw what happened when he was the head coach of the Broncos. That didn't really go too hot at all. So I don't know how that would go with the Browns. Right. I, I think Josh McDaniels is not fit to be a head coach. I, I think that's one of the biggest busts waiting to happen. And one name that we haven't talked about that I will bring up just because it's interesting is Greg Roman of the Baltimore Ravens. He's getting some hype because of his the job he's done. Is that an option you'd at all entertain? I would consider it, but do you really think he would leave that job right now with how good they're doing? See, the thing is, though, you never know because if a head coaching job, being the offensive coordinator on a great team is fantastic. I mean, think about it. Would, if the Saints make a playoff run, is Carmichael going to leave? Like, it's the same situation in a, in a way. Like, I don't, think, I don't think Roman's looking to leave, but if a head coaching job comes around, it's hard to turn down an NFL head coaching gig, you know? Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a resume. He's been the offensive coordinator for the 49ers, for the Bills, and now for the uh, Ravens. And you see what he's done with that Ravens offense. Just kind of a wild card. But. Yeah, no, I would definitely – I mean, that's someone I wouldn't be mad at. Obviously, he would have to go through all the interviews like everyone else. But, I mean, that's another good option. Right. I just really think the moral of the story is the Browns have to bring in someone with experience. Yeah, we can't mess it up this time. We have to be sure about this, and like obviously, it's hard to be sure about it. But we just gotta have someone with a resume this time. Yeah, hopefully, we can definitely figure that out. Let's just talk more about the Browns in general, Jack. Yeah, I would like to. We've had this huge roller coaster season that really no one's kind of expected. It's kind of been a huge punch in the stomach for all of us, and a lot of it, obviously, is the coaching. But our players really haven't stepped up either, and part of that has been Denzel Ward. Yeah, Denzel Ward has been one of the bigger disappointments I think we can agree on. And he's 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 had some good games and he's had some very very bad. Yeah, he's had some really bad games. So it's 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 really hard to see what his future is going to be like because 
A, he's got the injury concerns that we all know about. He's a very small dude. Yeah, he's, like, fragile. So is he going to be able to hold up in the NFL? Second of all, how, you know, wh- how good is he? I mean, it's it's hard to say. Like, after last year, everyone's like, okay, this, we got a lockdown corner. But he's been burned by some, some you know, I mean, we have Not a list of guys. top like, tier, like A.J. Brown first a- week. And then next week he goes to New York and gets burned by Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. And, like, <laughs> they, the they're guys respectable are, they're, receivers. They're, they're sp- Robbie Anderson's a speed demon. And, and A.J. Brown, I mean, he's playing really well for Tennessee. But still, I mean, you, you want to make the playoffs. You guys, you got to be able to shut down guys that are a little bit better than a rookie receiver and Robbie Anderson. So it's, it's I mean, but then he's also had some good games where he's yeah made some plays and he's locked down some guys. So, I mean, what is, what does the future look like for Denzel? Well, first of all, I think it definitely has to play with the injuries. At the beginning of the season, he was looking very slow. It looks like he wasn't trying. And then they just say he's injured and then misses, what, like six weeks? Yeah, for a so, hamstring? Uh-huh. And then rests for six weeks and then comes back, totally dominates against teams like the Patriots, and then he's just started to slow down again and hasn't been the same Denzel that we've had. Right. So, I mean, part of that's definitely him just being like a fragile guy. Like, we know the hamstrings aren't there for him. <laughs> right, right. So we just need him to be healthy, but I definitely think he has, he's capable of getting back to what he was last year. I just definitely think an off season could really help for him. Right, I agree with that. Um, and I want to bring up this point, kind of go back to Freddie Kitchens for a second, because you mentioned the six weeks he was out and what this offseason can do. Is Freddie's been, there's been some weird calls with like Jannard Avery, you got uh, Hollywood Higgins, like these guys that Demarius we thought. Demarius Randall, Demarius Randall. We thought these guys were going to be huge pieces. You, Greedy also missed six weeks when Denzel was out. Like just weird things going on behind the scenes. It, like what like well let's start with let's start with Gennard. Right. It, it, he's a good player and Dorsey obviously liked him to grab him in the fifth round because Dorsey doesn't really miss with guys in that like low of rounds like you sell Mac Wilson. Mac Wilson and- um, just the thing is like he doesn't he didn't fit in Wilkes defense. So okay. So we had to I, trade him because of that. I understand that, but like, but for a guy of that talent, you right. find a you find room for him. You find a spot for him. I thought coming into the season, I thought he played really well towards the end of last season. And coming into the season, I thought he was going to be one of the breakout candidates on this defense. I thought he was going to have a fantastic year, and he ended up not even getting on the field. You can say it's Wilkes' defense because he deploys one less linebacker. I think they tried to move him to defensive end, and we all know that, that with Vernon work. and. And Garrett, he's not going to play much, plus it just didn't transition well. I mean, how much is that Wilkes and how much is that Freddie? Because, you know, you could say it's Wilkes, but then you also see these questionable calls with Higgins, who was fantastic last year. And, and he was Baker's go-to guy. And when and he you played saw what, this year. Yeah, he right, played. Baker good. found him in the end zone. And, but then, and then he goes and says, oh, we're going to put the best guys on the field to help us win, and that's not in Hollywood. You're going to play Kaderil Hodge over him? Like, really? Like, what? I just don't. Yeah, I don't. from uh, Daryl's from. No offense to him, he's a great gunner, but I really wouldn't put him at wide receiver. From Prairie State A and M, and he's going. He's going with this guy over Hollywood, who has shown that he could be very, very good. And with Baker. that I agree. I think first of all, that's hurting the team, but then second it's of all, just upsetting and aggravating. It, it's it's hurting the locker room because he's clearly disgruntled, and that's he's one of the most high energy, nicest, like happiest dudes, and he's like being obviously very annoyed and it's like it's I think it's spreading and it's not helping and like you've seen it's all negative energy with the Browns right now 
And then you have guys like Demarius Randall too, who oh man, he hasn't had the greatest year, but you just sit him for a week just because against, something happens against, against the, the Steelers, Steelers, which is a huge, a game. must-win game, like, which we dropped and basically kind of ended our season. I mean, in, I mean, we're not done. It's very yet, unlikely. But yeah, it's very but, unlikely. I, I mean, it's just questionable. And then to that point is like. I don't want Freddie coaching this dude in the offseason. I don't think Denzel's going to be any better with Freddie there. If, like, you've seen what he's done now, I just, I don't know. Kind of back to the coaching me. thing. If we fire Freddie, your Monken's going to be gone. Same with Wilkes. There's one person that we've yeah. kind of agreed on keeping, and who's that? That is uh, Prefer, who's the special Mike teams Prefier. coach. Mike Prefier. How um, do you say it? Right. Um, he's been great for us this year. Our, our special teams really hasn't looked this great before, I don't think. Right. We usually get burned on punt and kick returns. And and Seibert's been pretty pretty good. Really Same good. with Jamie Gillian. Jamie Gillian, who was, you know, a year ago, he was, what, At, in you know, coming over from Scotland, really didn't, you know, know how to punt all too well a few years ago, and now he's, like, one of the best, you know, he's been fantastic. One of the best punters in the league. Right, you can even say that, right? one of the best punters, so... He's done an amazing job. Um, I would try to keep him. I would 100% try to keep him. And then... Let's talk about... Let's just yeah. talk about players who have done well. Let's bring right, this let's, let's bring onto positive. a more positive yeah, note. Right. Okay. So, a fan favorite. He's becoming a huge fan favorite. Joe Schobert, Jack. Joe Schobert. So, I was not a believer. You were. I was. I not... believed in you, Joe. I, <laughs> I didn't... I never thought he was a very impactful player. I thought, you know, he, get, he gets his tackles. He... he he cleaned some stuff up, but he never. I never felt like he impacted the game, but he's actually been. He's changed my mind, um, and it really started with that Pittsburgh, the first Pittsburgh game. He's been on fire this year. He's been a huge guy for the locker room. He's been fantastic, and I was. I thought he was all but gone coming into the season, but it's looking like we might re-sign him. And we talked about that a little bit on our Twitter. Yeah. So on our Twitter, thank you guys for the support. We got like two thousand three hundred likes. If we should extend Schobert, just like, like astounding, like like results, like people just love him and they want to see him back. Right. And obviously, we don't want to break the bank for him because we do have guys like Garrett and Mayfield that we want to resign. Right. But like, we gotta give him money because if he leaves, he's gonna get a lot of money from teams. He's gonna get a lot of money. We have to dish it out. I I don't think we should be looking to lose a guy like Joe Schobert. Like I think the Browns need all the help they and, can get. So. Yeah, I mean. First of all, he's a tackling machine. But the thing that's really stood about stood out about Joe this year is his pass coverage. Mm-hmm. He has four interceptions and nine passes deflected. The passes deflected thing is the most crazy thing to me, just because like those are some cornerback numbers, Jack. Right. Uh, it's better than some cornerback. Exactly. Like... It's, <laughs> it's really, really good. Plus, he has two sacks to add to that too. So, I mean, he's just balling out on every like aspect of the field. Six tackles for losses, four QB hits. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really see a reason why you couldn't re-sign this guy. He, he's the, been the heart of our defense this year. He's really stepped up with Miles being gone, too. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And you see how he just commands, especially like the young guys like Mac or Sione. Right. I, I just think there's no reason you can't bring this guy back. And I really, really hope Dorsey's been talking extension with him. Right. Just because he would be a huge loss at this point. While there's been a, plenty of guys that have done bad, there's more other guys that have done well. The leading rusher in the NFL is one of those guys. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Apparently, also, he it, doesn't even talk about it though. Right, and that's I mean that's fantastic. That's the like, type of player you want. <laughs> yeah, we have Odell over here who's just I, I'm not gonna poop on Odell because it's the media, but like 
I mean, well, we don't know if it's the media. We're not. We're not positive. All right, whatever. It could I'm, be though. That's the option. I'm not. I'm not being negative about Adele, but you know, we all know like he's a very vocal, outgoing, you know, personality. And so it's nice to have a guy like Chubb who's very grounded, just kind of grinds. He's got a head on his shoulders. Right. He's very humble. Another guy in that same backfield who has seriously impressed me is Kareem Hunt. He's what been you, he's been right. huge for us. I mean, we we know that. But what what are our chances to re-sign him? This offseason. Well, the thing with Hunt is that we have on his contract, we signed him to. Uh, it's a one-year contract, but there's a little like caveat in there that since he was suspended for what eight games, yeah, that he would be back with us next year because he needed to play a certain limit of games. Oh, for real. Yeah, so we have Hunt back next year. Oh, for sure. Okay, yes. Wow. So that would be that. great. Just the thing with Hunt is, we really didn't have that third down pressure. Like passing because we had put Dontrell Hilliard in there and oh man he I liked Hilliard but he really did have butterfingers <laughs> he was not uh, especially good. on that last drive versus the Seahawks but yeah I mean he's really just like rejuvenated our third round our third down offense just being able to like pass to someone who can go get that first down because they wouldn't put Chubb in for those third downs and I I think Nick Chubb's an underrated pass catcher but he's not Kareem Hunt I'm not I'm not saying that and another I mean that goes to Freddie Kitchens what do you I, I don't care if, if Chubb can't catch the ball even half as well as Hilliard. I don't want – like, put your best player in there. And so, yeah, but no, to the, to Hunt's point, he's been great. Um, and really, yeah, he's extended drives and made plays this whole time. So I would love to have him back. I'm, I'm excited to have him back. All right. Let's just talk about a little bit of our future too. So a lot of mock drafts have seen us, like, targeting linebackers someone like Isaiah Simmons who's like a safety linebacker hybrid from Clemson I think the only option we have is to take an offensive lineman Jack so there's I, have, I think we have two options everyone looks at the offensive line we know what we have to do we clearly need to address the offensive line that's our number one concern with that said if a guy if a safety I think safeties are other biggest thing is that you know Denzel uh, not Denzel Ward Demarius, Demarius Randall he struggled a little bit. With then, Morgan Burnett out, too, with the with Morgan clothes. Burnett, he was playing good until he he got injured. So we really have no second safety. Our safeties are pretty weak, and our offensive line is pretty weak. If a, if a top-tier safety falls to us in the draft, or maybe there's a maybe the linemen that are currently there in the first round we don't love, would you be opposed to taking maybe a safety first over the, that offensive line? So the thing is the Browns are going to have a middle-of-the-pack right, pick. Right. So those top-tier offensive linemen could be gone. If those guys are gone, that's where you go with someone like Grant Delpit or Isaiah Simmons. Grant Delpit just won the Thorpe Award for the best uh, secondary player uh, in college football, which obviously should have gone to Jeffrey Okuda. But Grant Delpit is also a great player. He was hurt at the beginning of the season, so he was getting a little dusted by uh, some of those guys. But I could see us taking a safety and just really help rejuvenate that part of the secondary because uh, Burnett was at strong safety and he's out. Plus, he's old. Who knows if he can even recover right. from Achilles? And who knows if Demarius Randall will be back after this year after not playing super great and after all these well, antics that he's drama. caused. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that will be a huge point of Emphasis. emphasis that we have to address. But I really think if those linemen are there, like Tristan Wirfs or someone like that, you really can't pass up a guy like that because we really have to protect Baker. If there's a surefire like lock uh, that's going to be a star at line, I think you, I, I agree you take him. With that said, 
Dorsey has not been great at picking linemen, where he has been much better at picking like a skill position or like a safety. I think I trust his judgment in picking a star safety rather than a star lineman. But again, with that said, if there's like a guy that you just can't pass at the offensive line, yeah, um, like you got to take him. Like an Andrew Thomas from Stanford, he'll be gone. But like I mentioned, Tristan Wirfs could drop. Jedrick Willis from Alabama could drop to us. There's guys that would be very worth taking. We just got to make sure we're grabbing the like right one. We just can't miss out on this because this is huge. Like we're looking for that left tackle to protect Baker in the future. And we don't want to miss out on that first round pick because that would hurt us even more. Talking about college kids, do you want to hop into college football a little bit? In Ohio sure, State? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we're recording right now. It's like 7. I think the Heisman ceremony's on at 8, 8.30. Ohio State actually has two representatives in it this year, Justin Fields and Chase Young. And then the other two are... Jalen jo- Hurts, Joe Burrows. And Joe Burrows is going in. He's going to win. We're all, we all know he's going to win it. There's not really any denying that. He, he's definitely played the best out of anyone. We would love to definitely see a defensive player like Chase win it, but it would be really hard to pass up Joe right now. Right. I want to bring in – I want to ask you about something because you're you're more of a, an Ohio State fan than I am. But with that said, so Justin Fields, is he is he deserving of a Heisman nomination? Because here's my point. He's played very well. He's only had one interception, I think, 40 touchdowns. The yards aren't quite there, but he's he's commanded their team and not turned it over, which is really what you need. Is is Justin Fields really deserving of a Heisman nomination, despite his great season, in spite where Ohio State's been? But you guys, got, you got guys like Jonathan Taylor, uh, J.K. Dobbins, even if you want to bring him in, and then Chuba Hubbard, who have absolutely tore it up. And Justin Fields, how much is he a product of how stacked Ohio State is? all over the field versus, you know, his personal success. I'll just tell you immediately that he has been such a game changer for the Buckeyes this year. It's a completely different offense than what we ran last year with Dwayne Haskins just because Justin has some legs. But I really think that he definitely should be a Heisman candidate. He has 40 touchdowns and he has 10 on the ground. So you have 50 total touchdowns, you have 2,900 in the air, 470 on the ground. You really can't pass up a guy like that, and his team is, what, 13-0? and I think the 13-0 and changes everything. My, my one thing— With one interception, too, which ranks also, him first in the nation. That's 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 probably the game-changer. And, but... and the weirdest thing is that that interception did come versus Miami of Ohio. Right, which is fraud, <laughs> but— So here's the thing. So I saw a stat the other day that said in when um, Derrick Henry won the Heisman, they showed all the stats. Jonathan Taylor has actually had better stats by like by a notable margin than Derrick Henry when he won the Heisman, and Jonathan Taylor's not even a candidate. With that said, I, I think that's where I, I question you got guys like Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts. Where should John, was Jonathan Taylor snubbed for one of those guys, especially considering like how good Joe Burrow's been, like like, you know he's going to win, so why not put a guy like Jonathan Taylor? Right. I, I don't know. That's, this is the biggest problem with the Heisman. It's become the best quarterback in the country award. Same with MVP in the NFL. Yeah. Is... So you have guys like J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor or Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State who are all deserving of being at least considered for the Heisman vote. Mm-hmm. But it's really come down to the starter 
who can throw the most touchdowns and the most yards. You've seen it with Baker. You've seen it with uh, Kyler. Kyler Murray and now Joe Burrows. So, I mean, I really don't think that running backs are even getting, like, a fair chance when it comes to the Heisman anymore. I don't think not only running backs, but I feel like a defensive anyone, player, defensive like, players, like Chase Young. That's why I'm, I'm, I love to see Chase Young in there. Um, we all know Joe Burrow's going to win, but I love that Chase Young Is got got consideration because I think the high, I think the defensive players are really undervalued, and I feel like the quarterback. Yeah, they put up the crazy numbers, but you have to look at everything relatively. They the quarterback touches the ball every single play. If if Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins were to touch the ball every single play. They would probably be the, the you know like they would probably put up the biggest stats. So it's just like relative. I feel it's, like it's undeniable how good someone like Chase has been this year. Right, with sixteen and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, and three passes deflected. He's just been an absolute beast, total game wrecker. And I really did think he was gonna have a shot at this till he got suspended for those two games. He got suspended, and then since he's come back. He's been slow. It's not been his fault necessarily. Teams have just been they they triple covering him, triple like, teaming Chase. You can't really blame him for but that. His, that's and that's something yeah. you're not going to be able to do to him in the NFL. So you can't even like right. kind of like carry over that. But yeah, there's been a lot of holding on Chase too. I think the one thing that you could talk about with all of this is Joel Klatt uh, tweeted today how the Heisman is very like it's not clear at all and they just bring in however many candidates they want to he was saying how you just need to bring five guys in just make it five spots so you're not bringing in three this year or four next year yeah that's weird five spots would be good because you could get a representative from each like position or Mm -hmm. offensive or defensive side so it would make it more representative of the whole league you know yeah i think it would be great for college football Either way, we both agree Joe Burrow's going to win. I think the whole nation agrees Joe Burrow's going to win. Want to talk a little bit about the Browns game tomorrow? Yeah, we can talk about the and Browns. We'll wrap it up. Browns play the Cardinals. Heisman's. Yeah, the Heisman. Yeah, Oklahoma quarterbacks go at it, which is which will be interesting. Predictions? Let's let's before we get into the analysis, give me your score prediction right now. I say the Browns win twenty nine to uh, twenty four. Okay. All right. I think. Um, hmm. I think the Browns are going to put up over 30. I think it's going to be a statement game. The, the Cardinals' defense, especially pass defense, has been the worst in the league. So I think this might finally be a game where Odell, I mean, I feel like we say this all the time, but Odell might actually see some success. Jarvis has been great. But um, I think the Browns win 31 to 31 to 20. I'll say 31-21, 10 points. All right, I mean... I don't think this is going to be like a blowout or anything. I think the Cardinals really have a good chance with like how we've been looking. Yes, we are on this f- stretch where we've won four out of five. The Browns have been like definitely playing better. We tweeted about it. Baker has been really stepping it up. Yeah. Our whole team has, but I don't think this game's going to be a joke. They do have a good offense in Arizona. Here's the thing, and though. Kyler's a dangerous weapon. Here's the thing is if you look at the the Cardinals, I feel like nobody when you think of the worst teams in the NFL, who do you think of? The, the Dolphins. Cardinals. <laughs> well, yeah, but no, well I don't think people th- I think they think of the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins, the Bengals. I don't think the oh, Dolphins you can't are forget the, the Bengals. Right. I don't think the the Cardinals are the first team that comes to mind. But when you they've been awful. They've been so bad and like look, Kyler's had some moments. I don't think Kyler's been that good either. I feel like people have been overhyping Kyler since he won the Heisman. And like I think he's a future for sure, but 
I just I think the Cardinals are not a good football team. They've lost like I think eight in a row or something. It's ridiculous. Okay, they're not good, but they definitely do have potential. But but yeah, ho- they've been in a lot of games. Yeah. I'll give them that. I'll in. We're just hoping that the Browns aren't going to be the Browns. <laughs> you, we can, right. We can just be the future team. The Browns we can have... be the team that controls the whole game, right. dominates the air and the ground, and goes out of there with a road win. We just hope for. Uh, that the Browns don't just have a classic like just they, where Browns they fall game. apart, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, in the last five games, Baker's TD to INT ratio is two to one. He's also had two rushing touchdowns, um, and Chubb is averaging ninety five point six yards over the ground. So, if those two guys can just bring it together and do their thing, I really don't think we'll lose tomorrow. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Fair, fair. All right. With I think that, that's gonna wrap it up. Yeah, I think that wraps up our first episode in a while. We'll try to get we'll try to get a bunch of these out. Yeah, um, over break. Over break, but uh, thank you, Jack, for coming on again. It's absolutely. always a pleasure talking with you, and thank you all for listening. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far, listening to the hottest take sports podcast presented by Sib Sports. We are officially on iTunes and Spotify and all podcasting platforms now, so you can find the show anywhere. Today's beat intro was made by Copyright Free Music on YouTube. We'll have a link in the description to it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again and see you next time.